Get ready to rev up your driving experience at Toys and Ford, your ultimate destination for top-notch vehicles and exceptional service. Whether you're in the market for a sleek new car, a rugged truck, or a versatile SUV, Toys and Ford has the ride that suits your style and needs. Toys and Ford's commitment to quality and customer satisfaction is unmatched. Experience the thrill of driving a Ford, backed by their dedicated team's expertise. Don't miss out on the best in automotive excellence. Visit Toys and Ford today or explore their inventory at toysandford.com. Hey there, smart shoppers. Get ready to experience the ultimate grocery adventure at Hy-Vee in Eau Claire. From fresh produce to gourmet delights, Hy-Vee is your go-to destination for quality and variety. Explore their aisles brimming with everything you need. Whether it's a family feast or a quick snack, they've got you covered. Every aisle is an adventure in good taste. And if you need a cold beverage afterwards, stop by the bar at Wahlburgers to quench that thirst. Shop smart, shop happy, shop Hy-Vee. Elevate your shopping game at Hy-Vee in Eau Claire today. What up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by Hy-V and Toyson Ford. I'm your host, Dan Casper. Appreciate you tuning in to this episode of the podcast. Uh, week one of the NFL season is officially in the books. So I've got my, for lack of a better word, top five winners and top five losers from uh, from week one. I don't like using the word losers, but uh, well, let's call a spade a spade, right? Top five winners, top five losers is a mixture of uh, players, coaches, and teams. So that's going to be coming up here in just a sec. But the biggest story in the sports world, and as we are recording this right now, it, uh, it's, it's official that Aaron Rodgers has a complete tear of his left Achilles tendon, so he is done for the year after just playing four snaps, four snaps for the New York Jets last night. His season is over with. Adam Schefter also saying Roger's season now officially is over. There are there are already questions about whether his Hall of Fame career is two. <sighs> now. I know we got a lot of Packers fans that that listen to this. I'm a Packers fan. And this, you know, obviously affects the Packers trade compensation. We all know it. Aaron Rodgers played 65% of the snaps this year. Packers were going to get the Jets first round pick. That's not going to happen. Packers will now get the Jets second round pick. Depending on where the Jets finish this season, how good they are. Could be an early one, could be a late one. Who knows? Um... I, you know, there there are some Packers fans out there that, you know, saying karma, you, you know, that sort of thing. And, you know, I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers hurt. Yes, the best thing for, for the Packers would have been Aaron Rodgers playing 65% of the snaps, but the Jets stunk, so they would get the, get a high first-round pick. Well, Jets might stink, but they're not going to get Aaron Rodgers playing, so it might be a low second-round pick in that. I don't want to see guys get hurt. I don't care if it's a rival team. I don't care, uh, uh, you know, that it's Aaron Rodgers or, or whatever. I, I don't like seeing injuries that end people's seasons. And I don't know if it'll end his career. You know, I know that's going to be a talking point. Immediately it's going to be a talking point. People are going to want to ask Aaron that right away. And the thing is, is like, 
that's probably not the right question to ask him right away. And I get people want to know. We're we're in a world of like want to know now. I'm guilty of that. You're probably guilty of that. But it, it the the fact that it's a possibility just makes the injury even more crappy. Like regardless of your personal feelings towards Aaron Rodgers or, or whatever have you, I, I don't want to see it one of the best who have ever done it on the field where their career is over with then in the last play that they that they that they did was was an injury. You know what I mean? Like I don't want Aaron Rodgers' final play to be an injury. Now would I've preferred his final, you know, game been with been with the Packers in, in a Packers jersey. Of course, you want the storybook ending, right? You you, you want them to to play with one team throughout their entire career and and end with that team. And a lot of times, especially now in this day and age in the sports world, that's a rarity. I you know it stinks for Aaron Rodgers. It obviously stinks for for the Jets fans out there. But I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to continue to play. I feel like the competitor within him is going to want to come back and want to play and play at a high level and lead the Jets to a Super Bowl and not end his career with with a torn uh with with a torn Achilles. That the the competitor with him, I have to imagine, does not want to end that way. So I wouldn't be surprised he rehabs it, comes back, that sort of thing. But on the other side, as we we've gotten to kind of get a little bit of a glimpse of Aaron Rodgers' personality throughout the years, it wouldn't surprise me either if he's at peace with calling it a career. You know, he's going to be 40. Maybe he doesn't want to rehab and and get ready for a season after this. Um, you know, I, I can I can see him, you know, meditating on it and, and thinking about it and and maybe being at peace with that, possibly. But, you know, if it were me, I think he comes back next year. But the other part of this thing here it is too. And and I'm guilty of it because I thought about it right away after it happened, or I shouldn't say right away, but shortly after it happened. What if Zach Wilson goes out and balls out for the Jets, plays incredibly well, and leads the team to the postseason, maybe even wins some couple couple games in the postseason? What now? Now the Jets have a decision to make because. Do you hand the reins off then officially back to your former number two overall pick? If 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 Zach Wilson goes out there and leads your team to the postseason, maybe even wins you a couple games, and he's and he's a big reason because of it. He's not just you know it's been all the defense and all that, but he's a reason because of it. Do you give the reins back to him because he's the younger option? You can have him around more long term, or back to the bench, or maybe you trade him and then you give the reins to. A forty-year-old quarterback coming back from uh, from an Achilles tear. You know, I, I was thinking about that. It's like, what do you do if you're the Jets in that situation? And and the other part of that too is like, we know Rodgers and and Wilson even before being teammates, were friends. Maybe you know if Rodgers is seeing Zach Wilson have success in leading the team, maybe that's the decision Aaron has already. And it's like, okay, I don't need to make it more difficult. I don't need to take away. Uh, a job, essentially, maybe then he calls it a career there. I don't know. There's so many layers to this thing. There are so many different you know, tentacles, whatever you want to call it. But the fact of the matter remains, it stinks, it sucks. 
You know, I, I get it. You know, Packers fans, you know, to, I, I shouldn't say I get it. But I, I know there's some Packers fans out there that are saying karma, you know, for, for the way Aaron left Green Bay and on all this. I think that's a little too dramatic, in my opinion. I think that's a little too much. I don't like seeing a player get hurt and and, and being done for the year, especially that early uh, into a game, too. I mean, think about it, too. You, you put in all the offseason work for any player. Okay, you, you put in all the training camp, preseason, offseason work. You finally get to the games that matter, and you're done fourth play into into the uh, into the season. That sucks for anybody. I don't care who you are. That just stinks. Now, how does it affect the Jets' season? Phew. I don't know. They still got the win. You know, they they still beat uh, beat Buffalo. I think now, if you're, you're the Jets, you rally around Zach Wilson. You use this as a rallying cry. Um, you you kind of say, okay, yep, we had a high expectations and a lot of goals because of Aaron Rodgers coming in here. But you know what? We are a team. And we still got a lot of talent on here, so we can still do this thing. We can still, you know, win a bunch of games and and get to the postseason and such. And I think that's kind of a maybe a little bit of a similar thing that Green Bay is going through, where a lot of them, a lot of those guys on that team, said, "Hey, we're more than just Aaron Rodgers. You know, we got talent on here." Kenny Clark pretty much said this the other day. We got talent on this team. We can win some games here. All right, so maybe use that as the as a rallying cry. Possibly. I don't know. But let's lead that into my top five winners and top five losers. Now that uh, the first week of the NFL season is officially in the books here. We'll start off with the winners. Uh, My first winner, I was watching this game. This was one of the first games I was watching, uh, doubling it up. Had the the Vikings and the Buccaneers on one screen, and and the Forty ers and the Steelers on the other. Uh, my first winner, uh, and it's not really in any particular order, but Forty uh, ers You know, Forty ers obviously coming into this season with Super Bowl goals, Super Bowl aspirations, high expectations. Um, you know, West Coast team going to the East Coast, playing a noon game. I know some people factor that into it. But you 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 watch that game and you watch the 49ers, they looked every bit like a Super Bowl contending team right now. I was kind of joking, I was like, hey, don't peak too early right now, you know, 49ers, but they just had their way with the Steelers for the most part of that game, especially in the first half. And and before the season started, you know, I threw out like, hey, Brock Purdy has to work, otherwise Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch might be looking for new jobs. I mean, they're putting a lot of faith into a quarterback who played well. You know, second half of the season last year, when he was called upon, he played well, but you're still putting a lot of faith in a little bit of an unknown there. But I got to tip the cap. Brock Purdy played well. Over 200 yards passing, two touchdowns. You know, he doesn't make a whole lot of mistakes out there. Um, and, and he got the job done. Christian McCaffrey was running all over the place. Brandon Ayuk had a really good game, too. So defense was balling out. Uh, five sacks for, for the 49ers. So first winner is 49ers. Looking the part right away, week one. To me, if we're doing power rankings after one week, and I hate power rankings, but I understand it for you know conversation starters and, and narratives and that, 49ers would probably be the number one team for me all across the NFL uh, after week one. Maybe number two behind them would be uh, the Cowboys. Cowboys, 40 to nothing spanking on the Giants on, on Sunday night football. And it was mostly because of uh, the defense uh, for for the Cowboys. Now, we knew the defense had players in the last couple years pretty good 
you know, pretty solid unit. Dan Quinn doing a fantastic job. Micah Parsons is going to be a defensive player of the year candidate, has been the last couple years there. Defense having their way against the Giants, shutting them out, shutting down Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones. You know, Dak Prescott didn't have to do a whole lot. He threw 24 times for 143 yards. You know, it was because the defense was absolutely balling out. And special teams touchdown to to open up things. So Cowboys right now, I think uh, riding with some confidence, especially with that defensive group. I think if you're the Cowboys, you know, we don't know too much about the offense yet with Mike McCarthy calling the plays, but I think if you're the Cowboys and your defense is leading the charge and you're not asking Dak Prescott to, to win games or, or put everything on that offense, that's the recipe that's going to get you back to the Super Bowl. Relying on your defense, having your offense complement the defense and not screwing anything up there. So good first week, big first week for the Cowboys. They're one of my winners from this weekend too. I'm going to go back to the opener, the Detroit Lions uh, as a winner. Now, I know the Chiefs didn't have Travis Kelsey. Okay, He was a big part. Chiefs didn't have Chris Jones. Big part on that defense. I think would have made a difference in the game. I think the Chiefs win if both Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones are on the field. However, you play who you play. You play who's on the schedule. You play the players on the field. And the Lions going into that arrowhead, you know, loud situation, team, you know, celebrating their Super Bowl win. Lions, a team that not used to, you know, being in a national spotlight, all the talk in the offseason about the darlings that they are and, and watch out for this team, kind of getting into the hype. They went out there and they still got the job done. I thought this, I thought even with no Travis Kelsey and no Chris Jones, with the national spotlight on the lines and, and going into Arrowhead, opening up the season, I kind of questioned could they stand up to that pressure? Could they could they play up to all that extra attention? And they did. Was it a clean game? No. Well, there's stuff to work on, no doubt about it. But to go in there and get a win week one at that stage, I think it's huge for the Lions. I think it's going to do great things for, for their confidence too. I was a little skeptical about the, the Lions this year. I still had them making the playoffs. But I think this is a game that, that does a lot for that confidence, a team that already has confidence but maybe kind of solidifies that confidence a little bit. Uh, a coach to me that was a winner in this game or in, 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 a, in week one, Jim Schwartz, the new defensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns shutting down the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow coming off of that brand-new huge contract. Highest-paid player in the world, in the league, I should say. 24-3 to victory. Shutting down Burrow for only 82 yards passing on 31 attempts. Joe Mixon only ran for 56 yards the Browns defense, they've got Miles Garrett, Darius Smith. They've got players up front, but bringing in Jim Schwartz, who was, I I think, you know, people kind of tend to forget he was a big reason, too, why that, that Philly team won the Super Bowl. He was a defensive coordinator. He was a really good defensive coordinator. You bring him in, and you you create these exotic blitz packages with Miles Garrett coming up the middle and such to have a, a, a specimen like that. <sighs> that puts a lot of pressure on your opposing uh, opposing offenses out there. But uh, to me, I thought one of the one of the the winners this weekend was was Jim Schwartz. I think that Cleveland Browns defense is going to be pretty darn solid this year. Uh, I think they're going to give fits to 
all the teams in the AFC North, I still think the AFC North is the best division from uh, a talent, you know, from top to bottom, one through four. And I think Jim Schwartz is going to be, you know, I was big on the Vic Fangio hire with, with Miami. I thought that was one of the best moves in the entire offseason. Jim Schwartz might be up there too. Uh, so that's a winner for me week one. And then my final winner for week one here, I'm going to go with the Packers. All right. Call me a homer, whatever you want, but this is this is a big, you know, winner was Jordan Love. Winner was the rest of the team, you know, for, for playing with that chip on their shoulder, that they've got more talent outside. They're more than just Aaron Rodgers. It's a big win for, for Matt LaFleur, uh, showcasing his offense. Doesn't have the, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, help them out sort of thing. It was big for Joe Barry with that defense. Pick and piece, big for, for the rookie kickers, Anders Carlson. It was just overall... I thought a really good team victory for the Packers and a big statement to, to open up the season. Confidence builder for this team. Confidence builder for, for a guy like Jordan Love. Packers, to me, an easy winner from, from week one. So, all right, so those are my winners. Now, how about my losers? Well, might as well just start it off right away. Talked about it at the beginning. It's the Jets. Um, it's it's Aaron Rodgers and and the Jets and the Jets fan base. Um, you know, you, you make that move in the off season you, to 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 acquire him. You you build you, you essentially build around him, right? Dalvin Cook comes over because of Aaron Rodgers. You know, Alan Lazard, that sort of stuff. Um, so you you got the hype, you got the excitement, you got all these primetime games. You're a favorite to go to the Super Bowl and and that sort of thing. And and to lose the quarterback four plays in. It stinks. Now the positive is you still won the game. You, you're able to find out, find a way to win, and and beat potentially one of your your rivals in a division for a division championship. So that's the positive. But how this team goes about for the next 16 weeks here? They got to rally around Zach Wilson, and 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 still they got a lot of young talent on there. They can still do some damage, and I think can still potentially make the playoffs. But there's no doubt about it. It. It sucks. It takes a lot of energy out of that locker room. It takes a lot of energy out of that fan base and, and within that building and such. It's going to be a, you know, a challenge for Robert Sala and the rest of the coaching staff to keep this team focused and, and motivated and such. And, and even Aaron Rodgers is going to have to kind of help out with that cause, I think, too, to keep this team focused and, and eye on the prize sort of thing. But it's, a, it's definitely when you lose Aaron Rodgers four snaps in the game for the entire season. That's you, you're one of the losers of the weekend. Even though you you did win game one, even though you did win game one, um, I'm going with uh, with another quarterback that played in that game, Josh Allen. Josh Allen looked like his rookie year. I still remember Josh Allen's first playoff game where he just looked so reckless, running around, throwing the ball all over the place. Josh Allen. He's got to figure it out. Even, I mean, you had his head coach, Sean McDermott, you know, kind of saying, you know, be smart sort of thing. And, you know, Josh Allen, you've been around in the league for a few few years. You're an MVP candidate. You're one of the top quarterbacks in the league. you got to stop making stupid mistakes like he was doing in that first game uh, against the Jets. So, to me, Josh Allen, you got to pick it up, buddy, because I think there's some questions surrounding this Bills team. Are they as talented in the years past? You know, I think maybe they get a little help with no Aaron Rodgers now in the division. Miami's still there. I'm still high on Miami. Josh Allen's got to carry this team. You know, this might be their final that window. When is that window for a Super Bowl close? Is it coming up here? So I think you know Josh Allen, one of the losers of the weekend. He's got to pick up his play big time because that was ugly. That was not good 
what we saw Monday night. Uh, my final three here are all teams. I'm going with the Seahawks. Um, the Rams coming in with low expectations. Yes, they still have Matthew Stafford. Yes, they still have Aaron Donald. Cooper Cup's on the IR. But the Seattle team, you had some people thinking, hey, could they win the division? You know, a popular pick to go to the postseason. Do they have the Legion of Boom Part 2? You know, Geno Smith coming back after a good year last year. They got those three receivers. They put up 13 stinking points. None in the second half. They lose 30-13. to 13. Matthew Stafford threw for over 300 yards. I mean, this was a bad performance from, from Seattle. This was really, really bad. And at home for Seattle, too. Not good. Not good. They need to bounce back, and they got the Lions coming up here now, too, in Detroit. So they got to bounce back and pick up that victory. But that was an ugly, not a good performance from the Seattle Seahawks in week one. Another team that really, I mean, they looked sluggish, kind of came in with some, I don't want to say hype, but maybe a little bit uh, excitement this year. The Steelers. Some had them as, you know, picking in, picking them as a playoff team. We know Mike Tomlin's records have read a losing record. Kenny Pickett in year two. George Pickens, you know, in year two. Uh, you got TJ Watt on the defensive side over there. There was some excitement. Could the Steelers be a sneaky team to come out of the AFC, AFC North? They stunk uh, against the 49ers. They looked like they forgot to show up in that first half. The 49ers were doing whatever they wanted against the Steelers, defensively and offensively. They were not good, not good at all. Um, so that was pretty darn disappointing. You look at that AFC North. I mean, for cry high, the Browns looked like the best team, you know. And I, like I said a little bit earlier, I still think this is the best division. But you know, Steelers losing. I know the Ravens won, but it was kind of maybe a little bit close at times. Bengals losing. Steelers did not look good at all, especially in that first half. They got to turn it around. Uh, especially with some of that younger talent on there. And then finally, my my final loser uh, from week one, I'm going with the Bears. You know, again, I know off-seasons and pre-seasons are all about excitement and expectations, and, you know, this is our year for all 32 teams. But the Bears coming in, going up against the Packers, no Rodgers, no Favre. It's Jordan Love thinking, okay, turn the page. They got Justin Fields, you know, make it or break it year. They, they acquired some pieces on defense like T.J. Edwards and Edmonds from Buffalo, and it looked like the same old thing. I don't know if it's because if the Packers are that good or the Bears are that bad right now, but Justin Fields didn't look comfortable. The offense didn't look comfortable. Chase Claypool looks like he doesn't even want to play. It was just bad, ugly, stinky football from the Bears. And I think it's something worth – worth watch you know, keep watching throughout the season especially in the offensive side of things but this is a huge year for Justin Fields whether you know a make it or break it year because if he doesn't play well and the Bears don't play well they got draft capital to move up to maybe get their new quarterback we know Justin Fields is a threat with his legs but sometimes the decision making and you know he's got a strong arm but the accuracy on there he's sometimes it's just it was bad it was really really bad and I know he was under pressure a lot too, but one more note I want to make up make on all this. Offensive line play. As as I wrap up this this episode of the podcast, 
You look at the Jets. What was one of the things that was kind of rearing its ugly head towards the end of training camp and preseason? The lack of talent on the offensive line. Jets go out. They get Aaron Rodgers. They get Alan Lazard. They get Dalvin Cook. You know, they, they get these guys. They don't make a lot of big splashes on the offensive line, though. You know, you look at the Bears. Kind of the same thing, right? Yeah, they drafted an offensive lineman, but these teams with, with boatloads of cash, why some of them don't invest in, into offensive linemen. Then you got a team like the Packers, who got depth at tackle, who've got a really good offensive line. They invest in offensive line, whether it's like draft capital every year. Those guys that they have on, those are those are guys that they drafted, that they brought up. Very rarely do they go out and sign a, a massive free agent offensive lineman. The ones they do bring in, you know, it's like a Billy Turner for a couple of years or, you know, Jeff Saturday for a half a season, something like that. Jordan Love played extremely well, and a big part of that was because of his offensive line play, that he didn't have to worry, essentially, about being rushed all the time, about, you know, having constant pressure on him. It was the offensive line play. They allowed two pressures. Two. Aaron Rodgers had two already in the first series. Teams, NFL teams, football teams, I don't care what level you're at. Yes, it's in, you know the game has changed so much over 100 years. Passing attacks, bigger, faster. But you know what? Games are still won in the trenches. Games are still won on the offensive line and on the defensive line. When are the majority of these teams going to start to realize that? I kind of call out the Jets for not doing more to build up their offensive line surrounding a soon-to-be 40-year-old quarterback. Offensive line, invest in it. Have depth at the position. That's what's going to help you win ball games. Offensive line and defensive line. They've got the defensive line, the Jets do. But the offensive line, nope. And a lot of the other teams, same with the Bears. Look at these teams. Invest in your offensive line. Go back a few years ago when the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl. Tampa Bay won that Super Bowl over the Chiefs because of their defense, because the Chiefs' two starting tackles didn't play. They were hurt. Offensive line is still key to winning this league. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Please be a friend and tell a friend about the Man Cave Podcast. Give it a listen. Share it on Facebook, Twitter. Don't forget to give us a five-star review and a positive rating so others can find the podcast. I'm Dan Casper, and I will talk to you on the next episode of the Man Cave Podcast.